Hey guys, welcome back to the Max Spence Business Podcast. Today we have a very special guest, but before I jump into that, if you guys like the content I'm putting out, the people I'm interviewing, please like, subscribe, leave a review. It helps out a ton with the podcast and also the people that are coming on the show. If you can go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review, that helps out a ton as well. So without further ado, today's guest is Wilfred uh, Valenta. Uh, he is the co-founder and CEO of SiloFit. So SiloFit is a network of private on-demand gyms that allow you to work out, train, and relax. Um, yeah, I, I came across this guy online, like super, super really interested, uh, super amazing uh, Canadian company. Uh, so uh, if you guys haven't heard of them, I recommend that you go check out, uh, you know, their website, um, you know, see what they're doing. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's great having you on the show, man. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Really excited to be here and, and chat a little bit more about uh, my story and, and the great team uh, that I have uh, behind this, this awesome concept and how we're rolling it out across Canada and the U.S., Awesome. Awesome. So, yeah. Uh, so why don't we just, for people that maybe, uh, you know, haven't heard of your name or have never really heard of you before, uh, what, what, why don't we start from the beginning? Like, where did you grow up? Uh, where did you go to, uh, where did you go to school and what was your first passion? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, so I grew up in uh, Montreal, Quebec in Canada, um, lived here for most of my life. Um, so yeah, I had a pretty regular childhood, uh, just being outdoors a lot and, and skiing and playing golf and, and also, um, kind of tinkering with things and, and trying to invent things like that was probably most of my childhood. Um, my, my dad was an entrepreneur. So I think, uh, part of my thirst for building a company and, and starting like a new concept came from there. Uh, but then beyond that, it's like, I, I, you know, I, I was a pretty good student in school. I, I wouldn't say I was the best. Uh, I took a lot of sick days and I really enjoyed those sick days because it gave me an opportunity to really think about things and think about the world and how to solve problems. So from a very young age, I was already trying to do that. And, um, and I loved um, also just inventing things like trying to, trying to fill those, those gaps in the market. And there was anything from like back in the day to really like small inventions for like building a spice rack for my mom or um, I don't know, like finding a new way to like levitate a golf ball so people don't need to use uh, golfing tees, you know, there were things like that. Um, and, and I always had this passion for entrepreneurship, but, but um, it really only kind of evolved or I think I only gained the confidence for that um, probably in around grade 10. And what happened was, we had a, I had an English teacher who said we had to write a paper on someone's biography. So the entire class went to the library and he asked the students to pick out a book that they would write this report on. And so uh, I ended up choosing the smallest book because I was lazy and I wanted to just write a quick report. And but that book, that small book ended up being a biography on Bill Gates. And so as I read that story, I was like, this is so cool. It's just a guy that's super young and built a billion dollar business, you know? And so reading that book, um, I kind of said, well, if he could do it, why can't I? And that was kind of where I got the confidence to start trying to launch businesses. And, and the first one that I, that I did was um, out of my mom's basement. Um, it was essentially buying and selling like clothes out merchandise. So clothes and importing, exporting it. Anyways, I, I ended up trying to sell some stuff to, uh, to a few retailers here. Um, I got scammed by one of the guys. So I lost like about 20, 30,000 when I was a, a young kid, which really sucked. So, you know, that was pretty tough. Then after that, I ended up going into university and, and went to McGill and did a double major in finance and economics. 
And when I graduated again, I tried to launch uh, another startup where we, I raised about um, $200,000 and, and did that on my mom's basement and ran that for about two years, but just wasn't competitive enough in the market for, for where the market was. Um, and, then, and then, yeah, and then I eventually went into commodities trading and eventually built SiloFit, but we, we can get into that a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, awesome, awesome, and, and and that's something that that I've always seen with like entrepreneurs, um, you know, building businesses. Like everybody sort of sees like you know when they start to raise the capital or their business starts to do really well, um, you know, they're like, oh, this is this guy or girl is like an overnight success. Like you know, like oh, they just raised like ten million dollars or you know twenty or thirty or hundred million dollars or whatever it may be, right? But if you look back onto like a lot of their past, like a lot of them like failed and failed and failed and failed and failed, but they just never gave up right? Like they just kept going, they kept going, they kept going, they kept going. And then eventually, you know, that they, they, they find something and it just sort of clicks in there. They freaking just skyrocket, which is, uh, you know, what, what, what's happened with you guys. Um, so yeah, so pretty much uh, you went to university, you're building businesses this entire time. Um, what, what, what were you sort of doing in these businesses? Were you like the, you know, were you like doing a lot of design, like uh, the design stuff or were you sort of more managing people or like, what, what, what were you doing in these sort of, uh, business that you were starting. So, so let me touch upon um, what you were saying before, which was that a lot of people think that running or starting a business is, is typically like an overnight success. Um, it's, it's usually very, very rare. And I think that most people who build successful businesses and at least lasting businesses, um, they typically are, are going into what I call like the entrepreneur lifestyle. Like if you want to be an entrepreneur, you, you're really doing it because you're, it's, it's not just a career, it's really a lifestyle. And you enjoy grinding out, putting in the hours, you like to discover new opportunities in the market. It's really a way of thinking. It's just like a designer, when they walk into a room, they view the world differently. It's just like a director or a filmmaker, you know, they view the world through the lens of a camera and think like, oh, this would be an interesting shot, just like an artist would see a plane and and think this would be an interesting place to do a painting or, or a scene. So, so I think being an entrepreneur is very similar. You have to be creative in that sense and you have to be willing to consistently flex your mind to think a certain way. So, so I think that my best advice to you know, young buddy, buddy entrepreneurs is to have that mindset and, and think about, do I, do I wanna have that mindset? I'm gonna, am I gonna exercise that mindset? Um, so that's really important. And, and it takes a long time and it often takes a lot of failures and to really understand the right way of thinking. And that's gonna help you to not only understand and identify opportunities in the market, but it's all gonna, also gonna help you to detach yourself from a relationship perspective, from an idea. Because a lot of entrepreneurs um, sometimes are delusional and just pursue an, an idea when really there's, the market is telling you like, this isn't any good and you just need to move on. So sometimes iterating and trying to find new ideas is more important than just trying to pursue that holy grail of an idea. Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred uh, percent. Like the, the, those are some good points. Uh, so now, now moving to um, when, like, so, so you finished university, did you start a uh, silo fit in university or did, was it after you sort of finished? Yes. So the, the trajectory was that um, I, I did my second startup graduating from university and that was kind of a, a big data company that I, I did for about two years and, and didn't quite pan out. Uh, and then I went into biodiesel trading and then eventually lumber trading out West. And then, and then I kind of didn't really like that and decided, well, I want to go back into tech. So I, I flew back to Montreal um, the night of, of my, my brother's birthday, cause I'm a, I'm a twin. So the night of my birthday as well. 
um, and just decided like, you know, screw it. I'm, I'm going to go back home and, and try to try to go back into tech and figure out how I can be an entrepreneur. And so I did that, um, came back to Montreal uh, and I ended up working in tech. I worked at Breather. Um, so that was, you know, obviously in prop tech and real estate as a service, which, which was a lot of the knowledge that I gained to be able to build this business. Eventually, I also worked at um, Building Stack and also Dialogue. And so I worked at a few startups across Montreal and, and learned a little bit more about the tech scene. And, and I think what was really important about that experience was that it also gives you a way of thinking. I think working in a startup that's extremely fast paced is you think, learn how to iterate. And, uh, and that's super, super important when building a business and also you know, managing people or, or trying to grow very, very quickly. Um, and then finally, the idea for self, it really stemmed out of a few years later um, after, you know, so, so when I was about 28 um, and I'm 31 now. Uh, so, so when I was 28, I, I had this idea when I was just looking, I was working sales at the time, I was looking out my window and saying, Hey, there's this office space across the street. How great would it be to convert it into a small gym where I could work out by the hour in private? And also um, there would be no membership. It would be pay-per-use and it would all be via an app, you know? So, so having that in mind, I said, well, why not build this business? And, and what I did was I started to really talk to a lot of people. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, especially, try to keep their ideas secret, thinking that someone's going to steal it. Um, the good news is, is that I think a majority of people don't have time or are afraid to launch a concept or, or lack that skill. So chances are that it's best for you to actually bring that idea to life by talking to as many people as possible to understand the holes in it and the validity. Um, so that's what I did. And, and then eventually we, we got some angel investors involved and very thankful for them being around and, and supporting us. And, and we launched our first space and kind of the rest was history. Wow. Yeah. Like that. That's absolutely incredible. I, I, I actually thought you were much, uh, much younger. <laughs> I, I, I thought you were early, like, you know, like 23, 24 or something like, yeah, I, I, I didn't know you're, th you're 31, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, I get that a lot, but that's, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like uh, something I was just thinking about is like 100% what you're saying there is like entrepreneurship, the mindset, right? Because like how many people are going to be sitting in an office, look across the street and being like, oh, I, I want to go train, but you know, like the gym's so far and stuff. And like, wouldn't it be amazing for, you know, just to be a gym, like in this office building where I could rent it for, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, crush out a workout and then head back to, uh, you know, like head back to the office. Right. Uh, and, and, and that's like, uh, like another guy I had on earlier uh, today was sort of talking about the same thing. Like he, he like, they're going, they're going on a plane to Alaska and they were like packing all their, their gear and their uh, like equipment and stuff. And they were looking at like the cargo netting that was being used. And they were like, this, this stuff's absolute crap. Like why has nobody invented something better? So literally like on that eight hour flight to Alaska, him and his buddy, um, pretty much like designed their first product of the company and sort of built it out from there. Uh, and yeah, it, it, it really coincides with like, it's, it's, it's really just a way of life. It's not like, Hey, you know, I'm wanting to be an entrepreneur just because I want to find a job. It's like, no, you're like, you're an entrepreneur because you want to create, um, you know, you want to create and you just have a different way of looking at stuff. Um, exactly. So now, so now moving to, uh, yeah, actually another thing I wanted to mention that that's something that I actually noticed, uh, when I was looking at your company, I was like, I, I wondered if you had a bit of like a, a real estate background. Cause it sort of like, it, it sort of seemed like one of those, like, um, 
I'm trying to remember another another company that that that's sort of similar that's do it like there's like you know like the co-working space or like the you know these places where you can rent out mm -hmm. spaces and other things like that there's there's a couple other companies like that and I was like oh I was like I was wondering if you you, you had a background in that and you you started you were at these startups um and, and yeah sort of sorry to yeah I'll, I'll digress a bit because <laughs> I'm going on a little bit too long but um yeah so pretty much working at like do you like to, so yeah, yeah so, so I, I don't have a background in, no, I, I didn't have a background in real estate or really in fitness at all. Um, and in fact, um, yeah, I, I mean, I loved working out. I just, I wasn't a fitness buff or a junkie or anything like that. I just saw a market opportunity and, and did some due diligence in terms of, you know, how to, how to bring this to life or if there was really a need for it. So I, I think that shows you like, there's definitely a lot of people in fitness who are personal trainers who try to launch concepts. And I, I think that's great because they have a certain level of expertise. But I think at the same time, just like in any industry, I, I think that's, you know, being a, an entrepreneur is really about trying to identify an opportunity in any market and learning that market. And typically to learn a market, it takes at least one to two years. So, you know, usually that's your learning curve uh, for a concept. And I'd say to know if a concept is really going to work, it takes about three years. So, so that's like the question you should ask yourself typically is like, is this an idea or concept or problem that I really want to take the time to solve for the next like three to five years and, and be really passionate about it? Yeah. Yeah. No, like hundred percent. Like, yeah, that, that's, that, that's a great way of putting it. Um, and talking about your, your time at startups, like uh, if somebody is, let's say they, they graduate from university and they're, they're wanting to start, you know, they, they, they want to become an entrepreneur. They want to build their business. They have all these great ideas. They just don't know how to start. W would you recommend going to a startup in that industry uh, is, is a great idea to do it? Or do you, do you think like they should just like go ahead and just start it right away? I, th I think your learning curve is going to be, um, you know, a lot higher for, um, for if you end up doing it on your own. Um, so a lot steeper rather, but um, you know, if, if you end up going working in a startup in the industry, then at least you're going to gain that industry knowledge. I, I would definitely recommend it. And I think like, you know, most of the time, if you spend eight to 12 months at a job, you'll learn probably the majority of what there is in that specific function and hopefully a little bit about the industry as well. So yeah, I would, I would definitely recommend it for someone young to, to get into the startup scene because you're also going to gain a bunch of connections too. Um, chances are, if you want to do it on your own, you can, but, but it's a lot harder, especially when you're starting out really young. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So now talking about silo fit, uh, you, you know, you, you, you pretty much saw that space and you're thinking like, how, how can I use that? Uh, what was your first sort of like, uh, plan when, when you actually decide saying like, Hey, I actually want to build a business around this. Like what, what was your, like, what were your first sort of steps and, and can you sort of run us through that? Yeah, for sure. So, um, I knew I needed to build a team and, and uh, I really wanted to make sure that I, I didn't work with friends because I think that you need to try to find people that think differently from you and also that balance you out. Um, so after kind of laying out a small 10 page business plan on, on a PowerPoint, uh, what I decided to do was reach out to a few people on LinkedIn and, and try to see if they'd be interested in this concept. And that's literally what I did. So, uh, so I messaged, um, uh, Adrian Kranta, who's our uh, current CTO, and uh, he was an iOS developer. And I brought him to lunch and said, "Hey, do you want to work on this really cool concept with me?" And immediately we clicked. It he he really found it super interesting. So we started working on it, and then eventually we got my other co-founder Johan Rossell um, to be our product designer and and co-founder as well, obviously. 
and um, and he joined us and, and it was great. And we all just kind of brought different skill sets to the table and also different viewpoints. So that was super important and instrumental in getting things going. And um, and then, yeah, and then eventually we we grew the team. Now we're about 35. We're at 15 locations across Montreal and Toronto, expanding to the U.S. And uh, super excited for what's to come. Awesome. Awesome. That 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 that's great to hear. Um, so now, now, now going a little bit more into detail into that, uh, you know, first thing you did was you started to put a team around you of, you know, people with different skill sets, which I, I think is absolutely huge and beneficial. Uh, there's, I, I'm really, I'm like, I've had a lot of entrepreneurs on the show and very few of them have actually started their business sort of by themselves. Uh, a lot of them have started it with like, let's say a friend or, you know, a brother or a sister, or like you said, you know, you reached out on LinkedIn and started, you know, put this team together. Right. Uh, so you, you put this team together mm -hmm. and, you know, like what, what, what type of market research were you guys like, did you guys conduct market research? Like uh, just, just to sort of give a little bit more like understanding and knowledge for, let's say somebody that's has like, let's say very little knowledge about, you know, trying to run a business. Uh, what were sort of the steps that you had to go through, like the business plan, you know, talking with people, putting your team together, uh, the market research, uh, you know, did you put, did you have like mentors? Did you put like bring mentors in uh, and how did you actually get those mentors? Um, you know, and then eventually, you know, raising capital. Yeah, sure. So, so we, um, we really tried to talk to different people in the industry. So we talked, I talked to gym owners, I talked to personal trainers, I talked to fitness enthusiasts, and then I tried to get a kind of that 360 understanding of where the value lied for this product. And it really ended up being trainers just because our, our product is so competitively priced. Um, and when I say my, our product, I mean our spaces to rent them out versus if a, if a trainer actually worked at a standard gym. So, um, so yeah, so really most of it was just having general conversations, talking to as many people as possible. You know, I always say like 10 extra conversations and get out there and, and really chat with people. Um, so after, yeah, getting my co-founders involved, we, we built a demo of the app. Uh, we showed it to a few people. We tried to help them understand the product. And then the next step after getting a landing page going was to try to entice people to sign up. So we did small guerrilla tactics, like small little pop-up events where we tried to get people to enter their email. And then we'd leverage that traction to show to potential angel investors and say, hey, we already have a thousand people signed up, ready to use this concept. You know, we just need a bit of cash to open our first space. And the way that we got our original investors was by pitching at uh, startup competitions. And we kind of got noticed and, and they eventually reached out and then they, they put in some cash to, to open that first space. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. The, the, like, I, I actually love that a lot. Like what, what you guys did was actually, instead of just like, you know, going to angel investors and just being like, Hey, you know, we, we have this business and stuff and there's like, you know, we, we need money to create it, but you guys already had like a little bit of incentive saying like, Hey, we had a thousand people or 2000 people or 500 people that are already sort of interested in what we have to say and what we're going to be bringing out. Uh, do you want to put money into this? I, I, I like how you structured that. Um, during the early days and the early months and years of it, like, uh, did you like, what, what did you guys run into any problems, like any setbacks uh, and sort of how would you overcome them? Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, the setbacks and challenges that we faced were definitely um, a building, like like balancing a business between brick and mortar and also digital. Um, so, you know, it's extremely difficult to do that. You're, you're almost building two to three businesses at once. 
Um, so that's been tough. And, and, and uh, I guess the way that we overcame that was really by trying to find specialists uh, within their field that would focus on that specific avenue in the business. Um, and then beyond that, yeah, I mean, capital raising was, was always a challenge. Uh, and then I think just finding the right strategic investor was really key. You know, getting the right investor involved will give you the right introductions. Uh, we've been very fortunate, you know, our, our, our pretty much one of our, our largest investors would be Whitecap Venture Partners, um, who has been excellent and, and provided a lot of value along the way. And of course, we also have Courtside Ventures um, and Elite Partners as well, who's been involved. Um, and, and they've all added value in some shape, way, or form. And also um, being being kind of this this balance in 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 our board because they provide different viewpoints from either fitness or real estate and so on so so being very fortunate in that sense as well ah okay okay and 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 and, and i'm probably gonna like guess that like those, those venture uh, those venture partners are uh, you know probably mentors as well right uh that that help you out and you like are, are you able to go with them like with problems at all or like questions at all and do they help you or or is it sort of just like hey yeah. they're just giving you cash and yeah, no, 100%. They, they, they pretty much uh, were like on a texting and email basis pretty much every week. So um, being very fortunate about that and and also just helping problem solve along the way. It's, it's been great. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and, and another thing I sort of want to ask is like, because you guys are sort of like doing something a little bit like revolutionary and like it in like innovative um you know and, and when you sort of do a, an innovative business at the beginning there might not be like hey you know we're not making any money or anything like that how did you guys sort of know that it was going to work out and why and why did you and sort of what what gave you the confidence to keep going yeah so um it was really for us a the way the market was speaking to us like the amount that um trainers would just say they loved our business uh and also just like we knew we were helping change people's lives and add value to their lives. I think like that value prop and just the way it was exhibited was extremely strong. So you kind of just feel it in your bones from like the way people are talking to you. You could tell that there was product market fit. Um, and then beyond that, just the economics made sense, like the way we crunched the numbers on a per space basis. Um, and then also how we felt we could scale this also made sense. So all of that combined kind of just worked out and, and helped us gain the confidence necessary to move things forward. Oh, okay. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so, uh, one thing I want to ask you quickly is just, uh, so how, how did it sort of feel when, when you did all this work, like you, you, you putting it all together, raising the capital and you finally got your first, uh, place set up? Like, did you get, like, did you do a couple of them at once or was it like, you know, you got your first one and then started moving on from there? Yeah, so we built our first location and then, you know, tested that out for about uh, nine to 12 months um, and really demonstrated a the fact that we could build it b um, that people were interested and then see that they were coming back week over week. So the high degree of recurrency uh, inherent in, in the product really demonstrated to us that there was a high degree of stickiness and uh, strong product market fit as well, and that we could probably achieve a very good lifetime value with, with the customer. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 that's very interesting. So, and then after you sort of got that, uh, you know, that, that first location, you did your testing and you moved on from there, uh, what were sort of the next steps that you sort of executed on and, uh, you know, in expanding the business? Like, I know that you said you have like 30, around 35 people now at this company, like, uh, you know, and it's, uh, I believe it's only, has it been only uh, three years now? 
that uh you, yeah exactly it's, it's about three years exactly yeah so so the next you know every time we're or every round at least we're trying to prove something else out so really the first step was open air first space demonstrating that that traction and that there were people interested the second was as we open more spaces in the same city we demonstrated that we could replicate these boxes right these these studios and then once we proved that out okay well can we replicate this concept in another city and that's when we opened in toronto and then now it's like, can we replicate this across, you know, a new country or, or a border? And that's where we're going into the U.S. And, and trying to demonstrate that traction next. So it's really like understanding at each stage or funding round, what are you trying to prove out? What metrics are you showing to demonstrate success? And uh, and then putting that in a nice story for your investors. Oh, okay, okay. And and and. What, what... What you're sort of saying there is, it, it seems like it's very like logical and thought out. Uh, to, like, and and how and how did you sort of know how to do that? Was that from you know uh, university, or was it from your time spent uh, at the startups, or actually starting your own business? No, I, I think I think um, I think partially um, when you start, uh, you know, various startups, you gain a skill in understanding how to tell a story a bit, um, and then also surrounding yourself with a few good mentors. Uh, and people who've done this before will help you create that story and you kind of learn it along the way. Um, and then also having just a lot of conversations, showing it to a lot of people and getting those different viewpoints is, is really key. Oh, okay. Okay. And, and, and talking about, you know, expanding across to uh, a, a new country, uh, how, how did you guys sort of find that and what made you sort of, you know, go into the U S market? Well, the U.S. market is the largest uh, fitness market in the world, right? So, so we view it as kind of this blue ocean right now because um, in terms of on-demand fitness studios like ours that are completely private, um, it's fairly rare. Uh, but in addition to that, I mean, uh, I, I think that in the U.S. people view fitness a little bit differently uh, than Canada. Like there's definitely, um, I mean, it's certainly uh, city specific. But, but I would have to say that, you know, there's definitely like a lot more fitness options in the US and it seems that people are very hungry for these different options. Um, in addition, not only do you want to be in the epicenter of, of this movement towards like greater fitness and also digital fitness and so on, um, but obviously it's a, it's a huge opportunity for general expansion. Um, there's so many different US cities out there that we think that we can go into. Oh, okay. Okay. And, and were you surprised by anything when, when you sort of made that jump into the, like the U S market? Like, you know, like, were you surprised by any problems that you sort of met or was like, you know, the reaction of how people sort of took your product and service? Um, so, so we're actually expanding to um, the U S this summer. Um, but so far we're looking at the economics and we feel like it's, it's very promising. Oh, okay. 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 All right. Awesome. Uh, now, now talking more on the app side, um, which I found super interesting of like, you know, you're, you're sort of pairing like real estate with like, you know, invention of like, you know, your, your mobile app. Right. So what, 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 and like you were saying earlier is like, you know, when you're building this, it's like building three different businesses. Cause you have a real estate aspect, you have the app aspect and like, you know, like just the company in general, right. Uh, combining those two things, uh, together. So, uh, how, how did you sort of find, like, did, did you sort of have a background in like, you know, app building or, or was that like, uh, I know that you had, you have a CTO, um, but how, how did you sort of find that process? And like, like, uh, you know, let, let, let's say if somebody's interested in, uh, you know, opening their own app, what's some things that they should take into consideration before they start building an app for their business? 
Uh, I, I think, um, you know, there's, there's kind of that trifecta where you need to really have um, a good programmer, a very good uh, product designer. I think it's very key to understand that design and user experience like UI UX is something that should really be stressed early on. I think it's important to have like an app that does what it's meant to do and that's extremely functional as opposed to having a lot of bells and whistles. Um, in terms of having specific expertise, I don't think you need to have like an expertise in programming or learning how to program. I think you just need to understand product and product is essentially how the app functions, um, how it works with the user and if it, if it really does what it's, it's supposed to do at the end of the day. So like, can you book a gym directly through it? Can you book a trainer? Um, does it give all the information? How many steps does it take before you get to checkout? So that's really just kind of like the understanding that you need. And then also how that plays with other parts of your product roadmap, right? Like what you're currently building versus what you're going to be doing tomorrow. So it's, it's a skill set that you can acquire along the way. Like for sure, you know, you need a certain mindset. Um, but hopefully, you know, when you're building a company, you can find uh, the right people to surround yourself with that are going to be able to help you with that. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. The, the those are some other other great points um and now moving to uh you know like the the, the marketing side like how, how I, I know that you guys did some guerrilla marketing how how are you approaching uh marketing today yeah so so all of our growth has been uh pretty much through word of mouth um most of our tactics have been guerrilla tactics and also uh working with influencers um we are moving towards a little bit more of a um high growth strategy where we're going to be uh, really, really going after like, you know, personal trainers and kinesiologists, massage therapists, and so on um, through advertising uh, and also through a sales team and so on. But yeah, really our, our main focus has just been uh, through word of mouth and, and gorilla and influencer tactics. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So, uh, and and now jumping to sort of the raising capital part, um, you know, th this this is where a lot of people have a, like a lot of questions of being like, oh, how how do you do pitches and how do you raise capital and sort of how do you put yourself out there and get good at it? Um, and and what, what what's your sort of advice to somebody that's like, you know, is at the early stages of getting like into you know doing pitches for raising capital for their business. So I guess, you know, my best advice in terms of uh, pitching and, and also um, creating a deck and, and selling the actual concept is really starting out with the vision. I think the vision is the most important thing towards developing a story. And when you develop that story, you, you, you really want to focus on what most people specifically refer to, like the hero's, the hero's journey, right? So, you know, if you think of like the traditional tale in a, in a film or, you know, a, a children's book, um, you usually have the hero who, who's called out to face some, some very large um, difficulty. And then after that, they get some sort of superpower from a mentor uh, and like a lightsaber or the force. And then eventually they need to, uh, they get tested at different stages and then face some form of evil. And then they learn about themselves and then they eventually come back home. So I think like these traditional techniques of storytelling are, are things that we interact with consistently, but um, the nuances of, of creating that or crafting that story should also be incorporated in your pitch. And then beyond that, just having that vision. And it's not just a vision of building a hundred million dollar business, but Really, if you're going to go out down the VC route is how do you build a billion dollar business or more, right? And you need to be able to demonstrate that in your story 
and go from high level, like top all the way down, right? So that top-down approach is going to help the investor understand is what's your hairy audacious goal? And then how do you execute that very quickly on a daily basis? Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, yeah, the, the, those are absolutely some amazing points again. Um, so I, I, I know we're coming to the end here. Um, I, I just want to sort of ask you so, uh, more on a personal level, like what, what, what do you like the most about your sort of day-to-day and sort of, you know, running silo fit? I think um, what I like most is definitely that every day is different. Um, consistently learning, consistently challenging myself, challenging the team, um, growing, seeing different parts of the world, uh, different parts of different industries, um, touching upon so many different people's roles and learning from them. It's really probably the most difficult yet fulfilling thing that you will ever do in your life. Um, so yeah, I'd have to say like, it's, it's been an incredible journey and it's, uh, it's certainly, you certainly need a certain level of uh, mental fortitude to do something like this. But, um, if you're able to do it, I'd say definitely go after it because it's, it's one of the most fulfilling and rewarding things you'll ever do. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. That, that's absolutely amazing to hear. Um, and now, uh, sort of before we wrap up here, um, you know, is, is there anything else that you sort of want to mention or talk about quickly, um, you know, about business or advice or anything else that's sort of top of mind that you've been thinking about that you sort of wanted to give some advice on? Absolutely. I, I would say for anyone who's looking to become an entrepreneur, um, just go out there and do it. Try a bunch of stuff. Uh, if you fail, then at least hopefully you learn something. So, yeah, I would say just just there's really nothing to lose. Like in my mind, I always thought like, what's the worst thing that can happen? I'll end up on my mom's couch again. And at the end of the day, that's really not all that bad because there's breakfast in bed. If you're sleeping in the living room on an air mattress and, uh, and there's free coffee. So, um, really just, if you're, if you if you kind of can leave your ego at the door and most of your basic needs aside, well then, uh, then I'd say like, go out there and do it. Cause it's, it's super rewarding. Awesome. Awesome. Well, dude, that, thank you again for uh, coming on the show. Uh, you, like, it was really interesting story hearing about, you know, how, how you built this company uh, and then also a little bit about like your, how you sort of like, how, how you sort of run it and all, and all that type of stuff. Uh, where can people find out more about uh, your personal brand uh, and then also, uh, you know, silo fit and what, what, what you guys are doing? Absolutely. Um, so I'd say anyone can just follow me on LinkedIn, just search for Wilfred Valenta or Silofit and uh, they'll be able to find me. And uh, in terms of learning more about Silofit, also uh, we do post a lot on LinkedIn, Instagram, Silofit app uh, and Facebook and Twitter and so on. And also TikTok, of course, and Instagram is the big one, right? So if they want to see a few cool pictures of our spaces and some of the content that we're producing in-house, feel free to follow us on Silofit app on Instagram. Uh, a lot of neat stuff there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again for uh, coming on the show, man. Thanks so much, Max. I really, really appreciate it.